Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as hosts Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. And then there were two, and I'm not talking about uh, co-host Gino Bacola and Mike Abadir. I'm talking about the final <laughs> two teams left in the NFL. We have made it to the Super Bowl, uh, but like always, no Super Bowl this week. They take a week in between, and uh, our show next week will be a ton of football. We'll talk about it from every single angle, point spreads, props, guests, you name it. We're going to be covering the Super Bowl. Uh, this week, we won't talk as much about it. We will uh, have a little horse racing, but we're going to do the uh, the Royal Rumble preview like we've done uh, for the last few years with a couple different callers giving some thoughts uh, on the, the big WWE uh, event this weekend. But Mike, before we uh, we have any callers and before we get into that, well, let's talk about the two teams that have made it there. Uh, I think if you are uh, the the networks for the, what's going to be leading up, uh, any of the writers, anyone on social media, it's it's probably a, a, as good of a matchup as you could possibly imagine. You've got all these built-in storylines. You got Tom Brady with his new team, the home team in Tampa. You got Mahomes and the Chiefs trying to defend their title, like the sort of new Tom Brady versus the old Tom Brady. In fact, these two teams defeated, played a big game in the playoffs a couple years back. They had sort of a little rivalry before Brady moved over to the NFC. So um, really, really good, juicy match matchup for our Super Bowl. Yeah, no doubt about that, man. Uh, you know, these were probably, you know, two of the better teams during the year. Definitely Kansas City was. Uh, big props to Tony Romo. He actually called this after a uh, really bad defeat. I think it was the Bears defeat of the Buccaneers. And I think it was week eight. And he said, I expect to see Kansas City and Tampa in the finals. So that was kind of going around social media a few days ago. Um, no surprise. He does great work yeah. and he's such a good, not just announcer or, you know, a play, but I guess he's not the play by play by he's the, the color, color commentary man. or whatever. So, you know, he, a, he's, he's able to kind of, yeah, he's able to kind of uh, analyze things. Unlike any other former player though, that's kind of what has made him really special. And on top of it, he's been right, yeah. <laughs> you know, with a lot of the calls. So I think he's going to go down as this generation's John Madden, but that's, for a different conversation, a different day. You know, I think we're really lucky in that we've, we have we have good relationships with a lot of the beat writers for the good teams around the, the NFL. And um, that's why we featured, you know, usually you're going to feature beat writers from good teams and not last place teams. You know, you don't talk a lot of Cincinnati Bengals football. Sorry to you Ohioans, although we did talk a little bit more on the Cleveland Brown side. But, you know, we're going to have a special treat next week. We're going to talk a lot of Kansas City, a lot of Tampa, and we've got great relationships with the beat writers from each of the for each of those teams. And Herbie, uh, obviously, who uh, man, I love Herbie Tiop. I mean, he he covers he covers the Kansas City. Do you follow him on uh, on, yeah, on social he does media? Yeah, a great job. Yep, yep, he does He's a great fantastic, job. man. He's fantastic. Um, and uh, and we, we've got a couple of surprise things for for that event that we've got planned uh, for next week as well i know we got a lot of wwe talk today a little bit of santa anita talk today so excited for this show very excited for next show 
just a quick preview, it's going to involve a little bit of a charity flavor to it next week, too. So details to be announced later. Okay, I believe we have uh, one of uh, our first callers yes, we do. on the line right now. One of my uh, really good buddies, and he is a crazy sports fan, loves all sports, works over at Fox Sports and does a great job there behind the scenes, pulling the strings. I think he's like award-winning as a producer now and uh, someone who, in one of our first forays into uh, radio back in the PCC days, we did a show called uh, The Play-By-Play. We were on it a lot. He He's on to talk a little Royal Rumble, because he's also a big wrestling fan. He's going to give us a, a quick thought on the Super Bowl, too. Matt LaRussa. Matt, buddy, how you doing? What's up, Matt? Appreciate it. Uh, nice to hear from you, man. It's been a while. I uh, hope you and the family are all doing well throughout the, the rough times uh, that we've had the last year. But things are starting to look like they're, uh, they're, they're heading up in, in, a right, in a positive direction. We made it all the way through the NFL season. And uh, we got a big Royal Rumble coming up this weekend. So we were talking NFL. Let's, let's stay there first before we move into the, the Royal Rumble. Uh, early, early thought. We're like a, a week and a half out from the Super Bowl. Uh, Chiefs versus the Bucks. Brady, Mahomes, what's your first thought? Well, my first thought is everything that Tom Brady has done has been insanely impressive, and this guy is no question the GOAT. But the Chiefs as a team are so good, and Patrick Mahomes, I don't know if he's got 10 Super Bowls in him, but he definitely has uh, this one, I think, uh, and I have the Chiefs winning this Super Bowl uh, for sure, I would say by seven points. Jeez. That's kind of funny, Gino, because remember last week I was saying we have two goats. You can only have one goat, right? Yeah. And it's probably something that's overused. But I really, really feel now I'm convinced after poo-pooing on Brady for so many years, calling him a system quarterback, I think Sunday changed a lot of the last few people's minds that were stubborn about it, like myself included, that this guy is the real deal. But I also think, kind of like Matt was alluding to, Kansas City is such a good team, and Mahomes is such a terrific quarterback. I think he will be considered the GOAT when he's done, even if he doesn't have as many rings. Time will tell. He stays healthy. Great quarterbacks, man. Yeah, we're we're spoiled right now. Matt, you've been spoiled as a fan for a while, too. Uh, I'll get a quick thought on your fandom before we shift over to WWE. What what a weird sort of roller coaster up and down season for you as a fan of the Steelers, where you have such an amazing start. You're you're winning some games early, even games that you probably shouldn't have. But it just kind of has this great feel like everyone like everyone's on the same page. But but you have the issue with with the, the moving the schedule around. So you sort of get screwed out of the buy situation and you have to play a ton of games in a row then it looks like you're you're gonna maybe come into the playoffs limping or who who knows and then and then it's it sort of that one half against the Colts made it feel like okay you know what maybe we we are kind of back and we have a shot and then you walk into the Browns game and just get absolutely punched to the mouth what a weird year must have been for you as a fan yeah you said it man up and down so crazy how they were able to start undefeated like that. I mean, I don't think anybody would have ever expected that they would have been, what was it? 11 and 0 to start with. Yeah. Um, making the playoffs, obviously you would expect, um, there was no way they were going to beat the bills or the chiefs in the playoffs, but, uh, God, to lose like that to the Browns was pretty bad, but at least, Hey, from the first snap of that game, you pretty much knew that everything was going (laughs) to go Cleveland's direction. So uh, it was a, it's like the horse races, right? Like you just want to be dead last. 
You know, you don't want to be like right at yeah. the wire when you get beat. That's just the worst way to happen. Like when you're when you're gonna lose, like at least you could you, you were able to start getting pretty drunk early that night, Matt. Like really, you're not having if to worry about it. You know, if you're gonna lose, you gotta lose in like great fashion, and they definitely had a great way of losing that game with the turnovers and the way that first quarter went. Okay, so let's get a couple thoughts on the Royal Rumble. You and I have watched a bunch of these together through the years. We have uh, fun Royal Rumble pools every year. We go back and forth. We were texting uh, a little earlier in the week looking at some of the odds. So they've, they've only announced, I think, on the men's side, like 18, and then on the women's side, 12. We can assume you know, a lot of those spots are going to be filled in by people that are on the roster that they haven't announced, but there will always be some surprises and and there are definitely some big name surprises out there. So this year heading into the Royal rumble on the men's side, let's start there first. Who are a couple people that you think have a shot or that you'd like to see? Well, I was looking at some of the odds today and uh, in that like 20 to one range, I feel like you have AJ styles. You have, Kevin Owens, uh, Braun Strowman, all those guys are right there. So I would probably pick one of those guys based on the odds. Uh, Absolutely. Like we were talking about earlier, I don't think Daniel Bryan is going to win it. He's won it before. Uh, I don't think Keith Lee is ready for the main event or WrestleMania. So I'm going to say as my one pick, uh, AJ Styles. Yeah, and, and we, yeah, that's a, that's a good outside-the-box one. AJ is as at the very least, a prime candidate for one of those like Iron Man runs, you know, like come in around like four or five, like he did a few years back, and then be there all the way throughout. Cause he's he's a guy that you can believe will win throughout. So if he's in the ring at all times, there's always someone that you're sort of paying attention to. Yeah, absolutely. Maddie, uh, let's head over and the women's. They've they've announced even less on the women's side, but but like with the women's, there's two huge surprises that could be. And if we could, if a a, a Rhonda or a Becky who had uh, who had her baby, what's going to be between like about seven weeks ago now? Um, so do we see Becky? Maybe Seth even on the men's side. If it's one of them, they're probably live. If it's not. Then, you know, then it's it's sort of wide open. Maybe uh, a couple, maybe three or four on a short list. Who would you look at? I think just with the way the past few weeks have been going, uh, Alexa Bliss has got to be she's the favorite. Be favorite. She's kind of, uh, she's been on the last segment of Raw pretty much uh, the past few weeks. So I think she's ready and I think she's deserving of uh, a Royal Rumble win. And uh, I think that will kind of carry along the... Um, the Fiend storyline as well into WrestleMania and kind of help pick up uh, that slack as well. So I'm going to go with Alexa Bliss there. And what I, one of my friends, uh, Chad Cooper, who, um, who we've had on this show before too, he uh, we were talking about the Rumble and he had said, uh, or I, can't, yeah, I think it was him, he had said, so you, could, you could do a, see a situation where Alexa maybe comes in like the one year with Mick Foley mm-hmm. and she if she gets thrown out, she could come in as the different version of Alexa. You know, like multiple faces yeah, of Alexa absolutely. now with what she's doing. So if she gets tossed, there's, she could actually come back in as like the different fiend version, or we could see some weird things happening. That, that's a, that's a great call. And, and they teased it. I mean, she, she beat Oscar a few weeks ago and she was going to beat Oscar on raw until Randy O RKO'd her out of nowhere, which <laughs> we don't see that all too often. So, uh, Maddie on record with, uh, with AJ 
uh, kind of the AJ Braun, uh, Kevin Owens in the mix, and uh, like in that range, all at twenty to one, and then Alexa on the women's side. Maddie, thank you so much, buddy. Uh, we'll have some fun uh, watching this weekend, and uh, I'll definitely be going back and forth with you. Miss you. I-, I wish we were watching it together, but let's keep our fingers crossed. And uh, hope by uh, by definitely by next year, we'll be uh, we'll be tossing a few back and watching the twenty twenty two Rumble. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks again, guys. Stay safe and uh, thanks, take Matt. Care. Take care, buddy. All right, bye. Awesome, Matt. Matt Larue, one of my uh, my buddies, we uh, started working together at Islands like uh, when we were about 18, uh, 18 years old, and uh, and I've been buddies uh, playing in fantasy football leagues, talking sports, doing shows together uh, all all the way through. So um, great to hear from Matt with some of his thoughts on the Rumble, and uh, yeah, my I mean. Mike, you imagine as a Steelers fan this year, like how how bizarre that, that must have been. Like you know, just trash talking, looking great. Those first eleven weeks were undefeated. Are once you get to ten, then people actually start going, "Is this team going to go undefeated?" Because it's it's once once you're at ten, it it becomes a conversation to be had, you know. And then and then the way it just changed for them. Yeah, I mean, look, we you and I posed the question. Um, I think it was maybe after they were seven and zero. Um, and I think the, the, at the point when the time of the year, when we asked the question, it was them and, uh, Baltimore and Tennessee early on, maybe it's after six games or something record wise looked really, really good. And the question was posed, you know, are these the best teams? And each of us very quickly said no. And it was almost like everything kind of worked out really well for Pittsburgh. I knew that offense could not keep up that pace, especially without a running game. But if you remember, they had that rookie wide receiver, Chase Claypool. He had like, was it three or four touchdowns in one game? You know, it seemed like they had a different star, different wide receiver emerge every game. And I don't know if it was kind of a case of, you know, uh, locker room banter about, you know, who should be getting the ball. And the running game was kind of forgotten about. And then when they really needed it, as the weather changed, they kind of hit a wall defensively they weren't playing the same Pittsburgh Steelers you know uh, steel curtain type defense that we were accustomed to from the ball club this is the first time that I felt that uh, coach Tomlin maybe didn't have his team as prepared in the latter part of the year and if you recall Gino I I actually after their bye week I, I was the first to say nobody gets his guys ready after the bye week like Tomlin or Belichick Right. And uh, and it seemed like everything that we knew about how well of a coach of a team that they have kind of went out the window, man. So it's not a surprise that they didn't go unbeaten. It's not a surprise that it was a struggle just to be able to, um, you know, compete in the playoffs. But uh, I think what was a surprise was their lack of a running game. That's definitely not their trademark, especially after Connor had a good year last year. It, it was amazing how. You know, towards the end of their win streak, I think, like Matt was saying, you know, nobody really felt like they were even the best team in the league at that point. Um, And and things felt like they were really kind of falling their way and and going right for them. But you could you could sort of tell that a loss or two was coming soon. And then, wow, did things just fall off the rails. Like you said, the defense was so impressive. They stood, they couldn't stop the run anymore. And they were, you know, they were just mediocre. They couldn't run the ball period. There were games where Roethlisberger looked horrible and their receivers were dropping the ball. (laughs) 
I mean, like there, that's a that's a, a lot of different things, Mike. <laughs> you know, that was a that's a lot of things to go wrong for you. Um, yeah, I so. don't know if Roethlisberger is uh, the same quarterback as he as he once was post injury, and uh, we, I wouldn't be really surprised at, at all if they the make a move right now. Right. I mean, think about how many in that same sort of range, even a couple of like, uh, the, you know, Brady, for example, Breeze, uh, how many more years for Rogers, Philip Rivers, you know, uh, and now with Roethlisberger, there's a lot of quarterbacks that we've just sort of been used to. Seems. Well, it's really interesting. Did you see the tweet from uh, Adam Schefter the other day about how many teams are legitimately looking to change their quarterback this offseason? I mean, it was a huge number. I don't remember exactly what it is. If uh, our, our listeners out there can scroll through earlier during the week, Adam Schefter's no, but I think it was something like 18, I mean, something in the high teens that legitimately could be changing their quarterbacks. And it's kind of funny because just maybe even two years ago, Gina, we were talking about how most of the teams were pretty solidified with their QB. And uh, just not even 24 months later, that's completely changed. And uh, we could be seeing a whole different <laughs> group of quarterbacks running the show. I think there's at least probably six teams that have decided to move on from their guy for whatever reason. Usually it's going to be performance. Um, Deshaun Watson, obviously, is going to be the big one that's going to be kind of the, the mover and the shaker of this whole thing. There's going to be a ripple effect there. What do you think is going to happen with uh, with Houston when their new GM gets rid of their best and most popular player. Oh my gosh, the fan I mean, backlash. Could you imagine after getting rid of uh, Hopkins and then him in, in just like back-to-back years? It's just yeah. like, oh, and oh my gosh. And you know Watt will go ballistic too. He'll be upset and everyone, and it just, it's not going to be pretty for them. They're going to have to, I mean, they're, they, they have a couple scenarios where just, just as far as like what they could get back may not be bad, but you won't be able to ever sell this positively to the fan base. Because, like, what if you do, are you able to do something with the team like, I don't know, I, I, and, and some of these, to let, let me be fair here, I haven't looked into all of the, like, the contract stuff with some of these, but I'm just throwing it out there. Someone like the Rams, someone like the Dolphins, right? Like, getting a quarterback back that, on paper, would be a good move. If you have to get rid of him and you have to go get somebody and to go get quarterbacks that have either high upside or that have actually had some some proven success, you know, one of them. Um, but could you imagine if you're like the Texans fan base and you're like, oh, yeah, hey, we got we got back Jared Goff, you know, or even like, here's Tua who did not look good at all last year. Like, you know, even if those guys ended up being great for Watson, who this year is just getting beat up. It has no reason to be playing as hard as he does down the stretch, and he just keeps doing it and honestly has one of the best years he's had and a, an, an incredible under-the-radar year when like all of the advanced analytics and stuff, he's on the top five of everything. And then most of them, he's in the top three uh, with with his, like everything, passing, downfield, pat, like all the, the major stuff. And once you look in, and dig into anything deeper, he's in like every relevant category. And... Um, Man, that would just be that. I just don't know how you could sell that. Like, there's nothing you could do to get back that could sell that. Well, yeah, I think you make an interesting point. Uh, a few different interesting points, actually. The main one being, if you're another ball club, if you're the fan base, would you rather see just fresh a fresh set of picks, Raiders style, from a couple of years ago when they offloaded, you know, their best you know, uh, pass rusher and, and their best receiver 
to get back a bunch of picks and try to build it like that? Or would you rather see a former first-round quarterback that can't necessarily be classified as a bust just yet, but has maybe underperformed, right? You started off talking about Goff. Well, at least he's taking a team to a Super Bowl. No, that, that's yeah, he's what I mean. proven he can win. Um, Tua, you know, he wasn't great, but he won games. Uh, it wasn't because of his arm, but he's he's kind of one of those guys. If you add up his Alabama stats and his Dolphin stats, you know, the guy's probably got, what, four losses in four years? You know what I mean? So he's he's a proven winner. Deshaun Watson was like that when he came out of school. I think at Clemson he was like 32-2, and 32-3, two, and three, something like that. Hadn't lost. And uh, he, he's proven to be a winner in the NFL. That formula seems to kind of work. But it's not like magic, right? I mean, you have to have a good team around you in order to be able to plug in a QB and have it work like that. So tough decisions for GMs. I know for me personally, it would have to be somebody like a Sam Darnold or maybe even like a Goff who I have a – an idea of what they could do. I know their physical tools and maybe it's just a matter of getting him synced up with the right quarterback coach to work on a few little mechanical issues or to improve his psyche, his mental approach to the game. So tough sledding, man, tough yeah. sledding. I don't let's envy take- any of these GMs that have to make these difficult decisions. No, let's, uh, let's take a quick break. It's a good time for us to do so. We have plenty more coming up here still on the Mike Abadier show. Don't go anywhere. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back here on the Mike Abadir Show, we are talking uh, NFL. This is also our Royal Rumble show. We just had Matt LaRusso, one of my buddies, on. Not not a, if you're watching Cobra Kai, no, not LaRusso. I'm not talking about the LaRusso <laughs> family from uh, from Karate Kid. And fun now fun from show, by the way. Cobra Kai is great. Oh, yeah, yeah. it's great. It take, doesn't take itself too seriously. It's, 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 it's really fun. I'm having a good time. And, oh, Mike, I'm sure you probably read, too, uh, a little bit of a tangent, but they are definitely in, in work on uh, the uh, – 
the one of the prequels to Game of Thrones. Did you see that? Yes, uh, yes they're, absolutely. Uh, they're also, so that was cool for you and I, who are big big fans of that. We had the recaps uh, uh, on here now. Um, I've been doing on that's what G said a little bit more recently. Some Star Wars stuff, and now some Marvel. I, I'm I'm getting into the uh, the Marvel universe. We had a Wandavision, uh, the new show that's up on the Disney Plus that I uh, I started recapping too. So expanding the taste all over. But Mike, interesting. Well, you know uh, what else we're big fans of, Gino? Baseball. And uh, we're not going to talk about baseball too much today because we've got plenty of time ahead, in yeah. the uh, late winter and spring to discuss baseball. But if you recall, last week I kind of teased that I was going to have something ready that was going to be kind of uh, uh, baseball-related. And uh, the Zero Hall of Famers kind of took some steam out of it. What I was going to propose was, was this, Gino. First of all, how can we be in February, basically, and not have an opening day date set yet. Yeah. I don't even know if there are, see, because pitchers and catchers, it, there's a timing to it. If you report in the middle of February, it's ideal then for a April 1st, somewhere in that neighborhood start date. So we're talking about 45 days. So do you have them report now, but then have them keep doing spring training activities until May 1st? It wouldn't make sense. No. So I don't even know when these guys are going to report. If they're able to report, I don't know what the union stance on it is. They haven't worked anything out. What I was going to suggest, what I was teasing was having a big, like, kickoff, MLB kickoff week, where on the first day, for example, you've got the Hall of Fame announcement, like on a Monday or a Tuesday. And basically, it's a lead in to the opening day date announcement. Some kind of like week where you really are able to capitalize on being in the news because it kind of bums me out that there's been some pretty good signings. And uh, even though there hasn't been as much as the MLB Players Association, the union would would want there to be because there's still a lot of guys left over uh, that aren't are unsigned. But I think there's been some quality signings that nobody's really talking about outside of maybe the local news, you know. Uh, the Twins just added a really, really good shortstop. Nobody's really talking about that. The Nationals have added some good arms, right? I mean, there's there's been so many moves that have gone under the radar. I think baseball could have capitalized on that kind of in the same way that the NFL has year-round news capability. Call it MLB Kickoff Week or something or MLB Winterfest or whatever. Start with the Hall of Fame, and especially so this year, announce opening marketed. day dates. It's yeah, just so poor. I mean, we just market the, the hell out of it. It doesn't have to be exactly what I said, but I mean, you got to get in the news somehow and market the heck out of it. And what better way to do it than the Hall of Fame and this year at least announce an opening day date so people know what's going on. But they haven't figured it out yet, so they can't do it. And it would have been a bummer if they did something along the lines of what I said to start off with zero Hall of Famers. And I guess before we segue out, what are your thoughts about that, man? Uh, I, I, everything they do from a like top down, um, the, the decisions made is pretty much the wrong one. <laughs> you know, we, well, now, we somebody off. in the front office would come back and say, uh, or in the league office would come back and say, "Well, that that's on the writers. That's really not on us." But collectively, as a game, they don't yeah. they don't market anything. They don't put any money into it. They don't put money into advertising. We don't see how many baseball players even do you see out on commercials and stuff. Honestly, like compared to some of the other sports, like, you know, uh, how many people we talk with Mike Trout, 
how many people would notice Mike Trout in L.A. even if you walked by him? At, at the could, very least, Trout and Betts should be in every commercial. Walker should be in a bunch of you, commercials. You'd probably I mean, go there's some mark, young marketable better. guys. Yeah, and they've been better, so you could probably go ten, probably eight or ten deep of recognizable faces on the Dodgers before you even went on one of the other. And I just, right now, we, we've talked about it. Major League Baseball really needs some changes um, uh, from the top down, and this is yeah. going to be a, another pivotal year. Now, some of that, by the way, is on the players. A lot of it, okay. no, you're right. And you, because, we've talked about because a lot of these guys don't capitalize. The, the well, they don't put themselves out there because, and I understand their mindset. It's like from February all the way till almost November or November for some teams, we're tied up every single day. We don't have any off time, you know, aside from what, two, two full days during the All-Star break or something, right? But I mean, so when they have their November, December, and January, it's just three months. That's kind of the time that they want to do what they are going to do with their families, their hobbies, hunting, etc. They don't want to have to fly back into L.A. or New York to do a commercial. I get all that. But, hey, you only have a – here's the thing. If they weren't making as much money as they did, then they'd be more hard-pressed to do these things. (laughs) You know what I mean? But for them, does it move the needle, you know, for a $50,000, you know, one afternoon commitment? Probably not. Whereas a lot of NFL guys and – you know, especially we'll, we'll do that. I mean, outside of the top 10% in the league, $25,000, $10,000 will even move the needle for a lot of these guys. So it's just all kind of dependent on what you're making. And when you have so many hundred million dollar deals, you know, it kind of swallows up marketing opportunities, you know. So baseball, the, the, what they could do, Gino, is they could incorporate that into the contract. Right, yeah, we're going to shell shell out three hundred million, but this requires five obligations. NFL contracts have that, by the way. You know that the team yeah. reserves the right to um, utilize you in up to X many um, events or marketing opportunities. You know, and I don't think that baseball takes advantage of that enough. So, uh, one question to you, um, and actually, you're a good person to ask because you you probably know him a lot better than others. I think you're going to be really uh, excited with uh, with Kiki. How do you feel about the move of the the Red Sox signing Kiki Hernandez? I, I think he's going to hit a lot of home runs if anyway. Yeah, you know, I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm excited to have him there because if you don't follow him on a regular basis, you may think okay, middle of the road type of player, but the guy's clutch, man. He's a lot more clutch and a lot more meaningful in the clubhouse than what shows up on the year-end stat sheet. And if anybody knows that, it's you, right? Yeah. I mean, oh man, you, you he's know, if huge. Batting and- average, you might be like, ah, eh, you know, middle of the road kind of guy, but and he doesn't get nearly as much credit for his defense. No, he's um, he's incredible. Defensively at multiple positions, and he's got a hose of an arm, like an absolute hose from the outfield, infield, you name it. Like he can play. He might be the best utility player in the league. Absolutely, he can play any any position on the field, and he is also 
someone who is very streaky and hot. He's a guy who can win you a playoff game, win you a playoff series. He gets hot for two or three games in a row and goes crazy. He's very energetic. He's fun with the fans. He's fun with the media and the reporters too. He's all he's he's smiling. He's he's like he's got a great energy to him, which you need in baseball. It's so monotonous. You need some energy guys sometimes to help pick you up. Uh, I think you guys are going to really like him. We as Dodger fans. Well, you know it's funny. Oh, go ahead, Gia. No, no, it's good. We're we're very sad to see him go, and but we're very happy that he's able to be in a situation where he's going to get paid more and get the then then the Dodgers would have really been able to pay for a guy who's going to like who's more of a super utility guy because he'll get a chance to get more at bats with Boston and play more of an everyday role. It might be everyday utility. He may not be locked in at second. Maybe who knows? I don't know. They they could lock him in wherever, but. He will get way more at bats, so we're we're happy for him as Dodger fans. Like he did a great job for us. He was always someone that we loved. And uh, go Kiki, man! You guys, you guys will really like him. Oh, no doubt about that. It's kind of funny because, and I don't know if many people are talking about this, but obviously the two teams have some kind of, you know, mojo going between them, some rapport or or whatnot. Because for a while there, it was Manny, Nomar, Josh Beckett. Uh, obviously, more more recently, you know, bets, uh, and I'm sure I'm forgetting a few going in that direction that are starters, bona fide starters, you know, borderline, if not superstars, and uh, and now it's kind of you know, the Red Sox are kind of now bringing in Dodger talent to be uh, starters, right? I started off last year with the bets deal, you know, they got a guy who is a 300 hitter last year, and they got a bomber this year. And so uh, it's kind of interesting how much synergy there is between those two teams. Unlikely yeah. trade partners, partners, you know, but because uh, usually you have kind of the rich stealing from the poor. Usually you don't have a lot of trade partners, you know, rich to rich, so to speak. Although the uh, Yankees dealt out of, you know, good reliever to the Red Sox the other day, too. I don't know if you saw that or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so. Like I said, a lot of under-the-radar moves. Before we move on from baseball, though, are you a Bonds, Clemens, A-Rod Hall of Famer voter? Yeah. You know, yeah. Are, you, are yeah. you in that camp? Yeah, I think they should. Um, and it's hard because it's so hard to judge with with them because um like i think the three in particular that you that you picked out are all guys who in my opinion i think were really good before they did it we don't know but just fit from what i could see visually from what we all come to have come to be, been led to believe i think arod didn't start doing it till a little bit later. I think Clemens probably didn't start doing it till the stuff till a little bit later. And I think uh, Bonds for sure. Like we could see him physically just become a different guy. Uh, it, it they are the the Hall of Fame isn't a um, supposed to be necessarily a as much as people that love baseball want it to be. It's not a church. It is a story of the history of baseball. I think that with all of these players, there can all be stories with them. Um, they can all have uh, footnotes and and this entire era, but I don't know, like to, to wipe sort of an entire era or some of the best of the era to me does feel a little bit wrong. Absolutely. Look, I'm a, I'm a anti judging other people type of guy. I'm very, very staunchly 
outspoken about that. If not outspoken internally, I definitely feel that way. I don't like judging others. And it's really interesting to me in that you have a bunch of writers. Those are who those are the ones that vote for the Hall of Fame. You have a bunch of writers that profited, right? They were beat writers for these teams. They kind of moved up the ranks on ESPN, right? As a as as kind of their sideline reporter, dugout reporter, whatever you want to call them. These are guys who made a name for themselves, made a living during that era, which propelled them to national prominence. But yet, the guys that helped them get there were saying, you know what, we're going to morally judge you, and what you did is uh, not good enough for us to put you in the Hall of Fame. It's the epitome of hypocrisy, man. I mean, that's what I don't get, is these guys don't realize you know, that covering the, the Sosa McGuire home run race, that covering, you know, Bonds' 700th home run, A-Rod's 600th home run, even A-Rod's suspension, etc. All these things allowed these guys, especially now in the age of social media, to have Twitter followers, to have a following, to be marketable, to grow their own name brand as people covering the game. That's what gets me, Gino. Yeah. Uh. Uh, yeah, I, we we will continue to have conversations about uh, um, the lack of like foresight um, in uh, MLB uh, overall from the top down. But it's a perfect time for us to take a quick break, our final break, and then we will bring on Brian Howard from Stable Duel. Beho, we're going to talk a, a little bit about the Royal Rumble. How about this, Mike? The Royal Rumble and wrestling together. This is literally a contest that was like drawn up for me. Brian's in that same boat. He works for Stable Duel. We're going to talk all about a big contest that they have on Sunday that will involve both horse racing and the Royal Rumble. So stay tuned. You're going to hear about that in just a sec. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies radio show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety channel find out what's happening on the voice america talk radio network by keeping up with us on twitter you can find us at voice america trn streaming live the leader in internet talk radio VoiceAmerica.com.
This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back here on the Mike Abadir Show closing segment here. We've got Brian Howard from Stable Duel. Good buddy joining us. Brian, um, let's uh, let's just start sort of from the beginning and tell some of the folks out there who don't know what Stable Duel is. Overall, when, uh, when you are asked to describe Stable Duel to someone, what do you tell them? Well, it's, uh, it's an app where you can go and, and play horse racing in more of a daily fantasy style. Um, it's not exactly daily fantasy, but you know, you're going to have to select a stable of 10 horses with a $50,000 salary cap from whatever tracks we're running that day and compete against others to win big prizes. And, uh, yeah, you got that, that, that traditional salary cap format and you pick 10 horses to, to fill your lineup. So what's cool is there are different uh, contest for different tracks every day there are contests for as little as a dollar free contest sometimes all the way up to 100 150 bucks to enter some of the bigger contests and uh you guys are always trying to just make it make it a little bit more fun with some some added incentives so over the last couple of months some of the things that i can remember off the top of my head are um a contest that while you'd also win money for winning the contest and the top finishers get paid, you will get a chance to be a part owner of a horse, <laughs> which was cool. I can remember one contest that also awarded a trip, um, a trip to the Sam F Davis coming up, like an actual experience for some people going to the track. There was another one with, uh, the angels envy, the, the tasting, like for a bunch of your friends on top of winning the money. And now this week you and I are wrestling fans. Uh, you were talking to me about this before. We're going to have some fun with the Royal rumble. Oh yeah. I can't wait. Uh, you know, it's like you said, we're always trying to find new ways and, and uh, new avenues to bring people into horse racing. And, you know, I noticed, you know, we talk a lot, and I knew you had an affinity for wrestling and, and thought, you know what, I know there's more out there. It kind of started off as a simple tweet like, hey, who likes both? And next thing you know, here we are going into Sunday with the Stable Duel Rumble. Okay, so on Sunday, let's uh, – so, okay, w- what I like about this contest too. So let's say you're someone that's like – you the, the stable duel rumble you don't have to do anything other than pick your horse racing lineup that's it like that's all you have to do you don't have to do anything more than that so any of these contests that you see that have an added incentive even if you're not a wrestling fan and you're out there you're like oh, I don't I, I'm not gonna pick something for the Royal Rumble you don't have to pick if you finish top 30 you're getting assigned and then that means later in the in the WWE Royal Rumble at night in the Men's Royal Rumble if you have the the number of the person who wins you're going to get a bonus so it just makes sense to play in this even if you're not a wrestling fan even if you're not going to be watching the Royal Rumble because you could get some more money in a credit and you could get a prize package on top of the payouts you're already getting paid yeah, you, you never have to do anything extra. We take care of all of it on our end. And and like you said, it's going to pay out just like any other edition, of the, you know, regular contest that we do. Um, so 
once we pay that out, you're just getting a chance at a bonus. I mean, like you said, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to watch it. Um, I'm handling all the back end stuff. So we are really excited uh, about this one, Brian. So, okay. Um, We'll, we'll give us the specifics again. So this is the Sunday contest. This is for Gulfstream Park, right? So this and and it's uh, how much to enter? It's thirty dollars to enter. Thirty man rumble. We just stuck with that number. So uh, thirty dollar buy in. Um, the guarantee is five hundred dollars, but I'm sure that will grow, um, yep. as you know. And then, like you said, the top thirty, I will assign them an entrant based upon their finishing position. You know, like the top finisher will entry number one and so forth down to 30 and then at the end whoever is uh is the winner uh, we'll be getting in contact with and they'll be getting a bonus of uh a hundred dollar credit to stable duel and a wrestling prize pack so any contest that you're playing this one's got an a hundred dollar extra bonus just to the tie-in with the rumble and you're going to get a prize package too so it just makes sense i'm going to post a video about it over the weekend i think you and i have said we are going to be doing a, a live stream also early on sunday where we go over the golf stream card and we can sort of talk about some horses to use in your lineups and we can talk a little uh, a little rumble on there too yeah that live stream will be uh, can't miss tv so make sure everybody tunes into that Okay, so uh, Brian, with uh, the Rumble coming up now, you've uh, you've been a WWE fan forever. In fact, a few weeks ago, you and I talked on my show about some of your old favorite wrestling fans. Now, not quite as much. It's not the quality is still isn't isn't what it used to be when we were kids. But the Royal Rumble is one of those events with WrestleMania that even when it doesn't feel like maybe it's hot or it's sort of like your team's having a bad year. You're still, it's still one that you watch. It's really fun. All the excitement with uh, 30 different competitors coming out. And now we have a women's Royal rumble too. Um, you, you don't know who's going to be coming out at which number you only know sometimes uh, about half the entrance or, or, or around there. And then there's a bunch of surprises, old veterans. It's just a cool event for wrestling fans. Absolutely. I, I would argue that it's right up there with WrestleMania as far as, yeah. as uh, fan interaction and, and getting excited about it. So, you know, I'm ready for it. I can't wait. It's it's the one can't miss. We'll all be, my, my family will be sitting around the TV watching. Mm-hmm. We we always have uh, fun uh, fun little games going, and we're definitely going to be loading up our stable duel accounts and playing uh, in that Royal Rumble contest this weekend. So make sure to follow along on social media. We'll give you some analysis for that uh, Sunday Gulfstream card too, if you're playing along that day. And we'll uh, if you're a wrestling fan, we'll talk about uh, some Rumble and uh, and maybe some past Rumble and uh, and some fun stuff there. So Brian, give it give us a pick or two uh, coming up this weekend in the Royal Rumble uh, on the men's side. Uh, we talk a uh, about the contest that we're really going to be paying attention to on uh, stable duel. Who do you think are, are some of the, who are some of the entrants when they come out? If you, if you've got them as your number, who, who should be feeling good? Oh Lord. Well, like you said, we don't even know the whole field yet. So there's yeah, a lot of guesses right? on, on, you know, some of the entrants that'll be in there. Um, I think uh, a good, good guy to have would be Daniel Bryan. Uh, that's a yep. little chalky for you horse players, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, but in he's this one case, of those you guys want that, the chalk. that always seems to be around What's yeah, that? like when you when you don't have to pay up for the chalk in this kind of a scenario, when you're just hoping for the best <laughs> case, you you want the chalk now. Give me the one to five. You know what I mean? In this in this case, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And and you know there there's 
seems to be a lot of hype behind Keith Lee. I can't imagine Vince McMahon letting him headline WrestleMania. So he's a throwout, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, but, not quite uh, yet. Doesn't feel of, like for him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's over his head. But uh, I, I'll give you a couple more names. Uh, one surprise, I think, if if we know anything, we'll know Vince will do things to make everyone mad. So if Brock Lesnar showed up and won the Royal Rumble, it wouldn't shock me at all. Um, no, no, because yeah, it, it makes so much have sense. Fans going crazy, and it, it'll go. He could go after either champ, and it would make sense. He could go after Roman Reigns, and they'd have the tie-in with uh, with Heyman. He could go after Drew McIntyre, or even if it were Goldberg, because he's got uh, you know past issues with both of them. So as much as his fans would would go crazy, this is like the heel Grinch version of of Brian who wants this to happen out there, Brock Lesnar, because the fans, yeah, yeah the the fans would just be hating on this one. But it, it does make a lot of sense for him to to him to show up and win. Yeah, you've you've got me pegged. I, I love a good heel, so and a good heel <laughs> move. So I will respect Vince if he does that for sure. Last name I'll give you, man. I pulled for this guy since he's been in the WWE. I love Bray Wyatt, whether it's yeah. you know the Wyatt family character, the Fiend character, or just himself. I, I think the guy's got some talent, and you know, I don't think he gets near the push he deserves or would have had had he come. He's almost like a generation late, I feel like. If he would have been around in the attitude there, I think he would have had a big, big part in that. Oh, he's such a great character. Yeah, he's one of those guys that I think it's like it's un unfortunate that we see him so often because we see him so often he's so cool and then after you see the guy every single day like multiple times a week for an entire year or two it kind of just be like anything the more you see it it becomes less and less cool just like you said if it was back when there was maybe one show a week or before that when he was an attraction he he could have been a very undertaker like character and he still has had a good run and had some great runs and uh yeah wouldn't be shocking to see him or uh, or alexa even uh, on the women's side there too so uh brian man uh this was awesome we are going to be getting involved in that stable dual rumble this weekend for, for those of you who uh just want to play the races at Gulfstream on sunday make sure to follow along i'll post it on uh, on twitter so will brian when it starts up and uh you can just hear our thoughts on some of the cards throughout the day too even if you're uh you're not involved in the wrestling stuff once you hear it talking about Gulfstream, you're going to want to play a few races you're going to get in the contest and then later that night you're going to have a drink and you're going to be watching the royal rumble it's it's just going to be addicting day for you right brian <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, give us your plug. Where can we follow you uh, and Stable Duel on social media? Uh, on uh, Twitter, you can find me at Brian Howard SD. That's Brian with an I. Um, also at Stable Duel um, on all platforms: Twitter, Instagram, and so forth. Brian Howard, Beho, thank you so much for taking a few minutes out of your time, buddy. Uh, we'll be talking all over the weekend, and uh, it's going to be a great one. Uh, so make sure to check out the Stable Duel app. If you haven't downloaded it right now, uh, go and do so immediately and check it out. Brian and I can help you personally if you ever need uh, or if you have any questions, you need help building a lineup, anything like that. Thanks so much, buddy. Talk to you soon. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Brian. Take care, bud. Hey, I awesome. appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome stuff there from uh, from Brian Howard Beho. So, uh, Mike, when he he sent me a message about this a, a week or two ago, I was like, "Oh my goodness, this is just right up my alley." I get to play in a contest and then finish in the top thirty and, and have a chance to win a little extra while I'm watching the Royal Rumble later that night. Like this is perfect for me.
Yeah, no doubt, man. I mean, it's a tailor-made weekend for Gino Bacola, that's for sure. So, and let me give a little, another little plug. Let me okay. Uh, let me oh, give yeah. a little uh, a little plug to um. Uh, I, I can do that in a sec. My my predictions while we're still talking about Royal Rumble on the men's side, someone that nobody's talked a whole lot about. As a surprise entrant, I think Seth Rollins has a big shot to win. I absolutely would love if he did. He has a built-in. He was the the father of uh, of Becky, uh, the baby with that Becky Lynch just had. So they they're actually together. They just had a baby recently. Obviously, uh, it's much more likely for the father to show up than the mother. Just uh, just six to seven weeks after having a baby. Um, so I think he's got a huge opportunity to come in and, and win the darn thing. People had mentioned Daniel Bryan. He would be a great great selection. Edge would be another one that I'd have in my final four. Um, I think he's going to have a long run too. So um, I think those would be, you know, definitely ones that I'm looking for, but I would love to see, and I'll make my, my prediction one that's not even mentioned Seth Rollins. And then on the women's side, I do think it's going to be between two, either Bianca Belair or Alexa bliss. I think it's down to one of those two. Uh, If, if, if it is someone coming up from NXT, give me Rhea Ripley. Okay. uh, Mike, Sam Houston, my friends over at Sam Houston, they've got a huge week coming up this week on Sunday, which is cool. They pick a great day because there's no football this weekend. So on Sunday, they have their biggest day of the meet, two graded stakes races, six stakes races throughout, 10 races, grass, dirt, everything. They've got those 12% takeout on the doubles, pick threes, pick fours, pick fives, pick six, 12% takeout on everything. All throughout the card. So if you're hanging out this weekend on Sunday and you're looking for a place to play some of the races, Sam Houston has a has an awesome card. Some big horses shipping in that you know. Um, I'm gonna go over the full card for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday on my show. Uh, that's what she said. Every race we got thoughts on. Uh, we're spending a ton of time on the Sam Houston card this weekend because they're such a fan of the betters with that 12% takeout. I, I love it. I want to make sure we give them a, a lot of attention. So big shout out to them with a, a really cool weekend coming up. I love Sam Houston, man. I know you do. I great know you product. do. We talked about it before. Yeah, it's a great product. And, you know, it's obviously there's there's a lot of different components that make it a great product. But I think... Even the um, quality of the horses and the barns that are coming in keeps getting better year after year. They bumped the first structure up last year a ton. And so the bigger names have really come in. Mm -hmm. They changed the broadcast to HD so it looks better. They've just put a little bit – they got money and they spent the money the right way. They are taking care of the fans. It's a really good product. So they deserve uh, some attention this weekend. A big shout out to them. We just have a couple minutes left, Mike. We've got Tom Brady, 43 years old, the oldest ever in the Super Bowl. We've got the first time ever a team playing home at the Super Bowl. And uh, we've got, for the 14th time, Tom Brady, who won a conference championship game. He's 33 and 11 in the playoffs. He's got 33. He's got 33. First is, it's his first NFC championship victory. Yeah. How crazy. And this is the first time he's ever had to win three games to get to a Super Bowl. Every other time he got there, he had a bye. And so he actually went on the road all three times. And then there, how ironic is that? You go win three games on the road, and now you're finally at home. Unbelievable, man. The guy has had about as fantastic of a career as anybody could possibly. I mean, it's probably the best career since, like, Bill Russell or something in the NBA. I mean, nothing compares. No. 
just not comparable. Uh, another unbelievable run from the GOAT. And we're going to be talking all about this game from every which way, shape, form, angle next week. Can't wait for it, Mike, as uh, we wind down the NFL season. That was a fun show. Uh, some rumble. This is always obviously one of my personal favorite shows of the year. Thank you for giving us the platform here to talk about this. Uh, the last few years, it's a great spot of the calendar when it's the in-between between the football games. And we'll get our focus back onto the NFL next week. Uh, my pleasure, man. You, you do it better than anybody I know. So great to have you doing the WWE Royal Rumble stuff. Enjoy your sports weekend, everyone. We're going to come back with a super show right here on the Mike Abadir Show, same time, same place, next week. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.